and good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Football Fondlers. We are jumping into week 14. What week are we on? Jared? There it is. 14. Yep. 14. Sweet. Um, with all of the fantasy news that you need from the future. And on this side of the mic is Dylan Plants. On the other side of the mic, we got Jared Thomas. Uh, how you doing today, big boy? What's up, people? I'm doing good, man. Today's a good day. It's Friday in my time. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm Put up decent amount of points in the first round of our playoffs, which I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, Dylan and I are playing each other in the first round, and there's been an immense amount of shit talk and probably less normal texting throughout the week than we normally have. Yeah, Just uh, probably world concerns. Yep, yep. So I could feel it. I could feel it. <laughs> that works. After this week, we'll be best friends again. We'll be best friends again. Yeah, that's right. Well, we got a lot of exciting games going on this week, and we have a lot of shitty games. In yeah. fact, the, the noon games kick off pretty lame, I'd say. I mean, almost half of those games are kind of shitty. Yeah. Boring uh, to watch and also boring fantasy relevancy-wise. It's just, yeah, you know, there's not much to talk about, especially when, you know, someone like the Chiefs play or someone like the Titans play. Those players are obviously must – like all those players that, that come to mind are, yeah. are must-stars. So there's no reason for us to even touch on that. Yeah, so it's really just you want to touch on all the interesting plays that are like, shit, do I put this guy in my flex? Do I play him? Do I trust him? Is he gonna is he gonna be have a high enough uh, floor to you know get me through this playoff seat? So we'll go on to that and more. And uh, how about we crack into a D? Let's do it. We got Chiefs Dolphins coming up. We're gonna 30 second this one as quick as we can. 30 seconds. You kind of already know you start on the Chiefs. Uh, for the Dolphins, Miles Gaskin is back. He's the running back and he's back in a big way. Last week, get this, he had 21 touches. Pretty good for first day back on injury reserve. Uh, and he went and he had 90 yards. No touchdowns, unfortunately, but he did have two catches for a whopping 51 yards. Nice. That's pretty sick. He did have a bit of a fumble ruski, um, and he was going up against the below average Bengals. So you kind of expect him to get some yards there. But shit, two catches, 51 yards, pretty impressive. Uh, with the other running backs pretty banged up. Gaskin is primed for another big workload against the Chiefs. You know, I'm kind of thinking he'll put up somewhere between 12 and 18 points this week. I mean, the Chiefs are also a below-average run defense. Right. So, look for him to eat some food. That's my, only, uh, that's my only note that I had was just be careful playing any of these uh, Miami players that you think are going to have breakout games or possibly had breakout games last week. They played the Bengals. So, um, don't don't bite into, into the – into the treat there sometimes for those, those uh, project projections because they just came off a big game. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm still looking at the chiefs defense and they're, they're good in, in some areas and they're mainly in passing and they're pretty shitty in others. Um, in fact, the chiefs are better against the wide receivers than they are against tight ends this season. So you can temper your expectations there with Devonte Parker uh, however, you could see someone like Mike Gesicki, who had a huge game last week, continue to run. Last week, he was nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. That's tight end. I mean, that's like that's some Travis Kelsey shit right there. Oh, yeah. It was only a matter of time until he broke out. Uh, he had a couple of breakout games last year when the Fitzmagic throwing the seed, so it's good to see him getting some more targets. Um, however, that does come at a bit of a detriment to Devontae Parker. So, bit of a bummer. Um, I would temper expectations with Parker, but Kasiki should be another go this week. And same with Gaskin. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, other side of the football, obviously, you're starting all the studs. Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, even uh, Edwards Hilaire. Um, he's healthy, and he's slated to play Sunday. Cool. That's great. The only extra note that I had here was the Chiefs kind of came off of a rough game. So the Chiefs just came off of a tough game coming up against the Broncos. Uh, if you look at the red zone, I think the Chiefs were 0 for 4 in the red zone for that game, uh, converting a touchdown, and that's because Denver's ranked second against – Denver's defense is ranked second uh, in the red zone. So Miami's defense is ranked ninth in the red zone, so you get a little bit of a boost there, but you sh- should still look for this game to be a little bit closer than you actually may anticipate. Shit, I would hope not, man. I mean, Miami's defense is pretty good, but I would – got to think – I mean, every time I see the Chiefs, I'm expecting them to blow everyone out, but every game this year – has been closer than I expected. They've had a couple of, you know, huge games, but their power offense doesn't seem – I don't think it's as good as it was last year. No, it definitely is not. People have figured them out, but they're still putting up winning football. Yeah, that's true. Okay, sweet. That's all I got for that game. A little slightly over 30 seconds, but that's all good. we got another shit (laughs) game coming up. Yeah, another shit game, Cowboys-Bengals. If you watched the Cowboys play last week, you noticed that they're – Defensive line looked like Swiss cheese. Um, oh it just you, just – you just ran all over the Cowboys. All right. The, the Cowboys have allowed an average of 134 rush yards per game. That's ranked 29th in the league. They allow 257 pass yards per game. That's ranked number 25th in the league. And they allowed 23 pa- passing touchdowns all season. All right. Um, you, just, you just hate to see it. You really hate to see it. Yeah, well, but you expect it at this point. It's funny, you know, like there was a little bit of hope, you know, hanging on to the Cowboys maybe a couple weeks ago. And then now that they're just getting blown out, it's pretty embarrassing. It's tough to be a fan. Yeah. I feel bad for you. Yeah. I mean, everyone who tried to run on the Cowboys did so easily. Did so easily. Yep. Three different running backs. Uh, averaged over four yards to carry. Mark Ingram even came in there for six, six carries, yeah. 28 yards. I mean, everyone else was above six yards per carry. It's ridiculous. Gus was 14 and a half yards per carry. Gus Edwards, unbelievable. Yeah. What a stud. What a stud. So, yeah. Um, but that being said, I don't really – I mean, I just don't like playing any of these Bengals play, offensive players just because their offense is so diminished. I mean, Giovanni Bernard, I guess if you have him, he maybe goes in as a flex. Hopefully you have better running backs on your team than Giovanni Bernard. Um, Just because I don't know where the Bengals are producing any offense. Their quarterback's a backup. Joe Mixon's still on IR, or he's not going to come off of IR. Nah, he's not going to. Yeah. It's just tough. On the Cowboys side of things, Zeke is questionable, but he's not expected to be limited, so I wouldn't worry about that little cue next to his name. And – the Bengals are allowing a shit ton of offense uh, on the ground. They're uh, allowing 167 rush, rush yards per game. The, the Bengals are. So wow. I think if you got Zeke, he's an obvious play. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. He, he's, he's, he's not bad. And he, he, he's a definitely a stretch. I don't – maybe if you, if you need him in a, in a flex and in a deeper league, you, you, you look for that guy. But um, the Bengals are just bad. Yeah, so Bengals bottom four in their fourth worst rush defense and Cowboys are number one worst 
in rushing yards allowed. I actually do like the play with Giovanni Bernard, which is I'm gonna get I'm gonna go ahead and say it. That's my bold prediction of the week. All right, I early. Think Giovanni Bernard, yeah, I'm calling it already. Uh, so in the past four games, he hasn't the most yards he's gotten is 32 yards, and the max points he's put up is five and a half. I'm gonna go hmm. ahead and say I think Giovanni is gonna be worthy of a start and is gonna put up 14 or more points. Is that reasonable? Does that count as a bold prediction? It's definitely bold. That's definitely bold. And 14, <laughs> 14 is either this guy finds his way into the end zone, which, I mean, that's likely because the Cowboys, again, we talked about it, their defense is atrocious. Yeah. Or he gets 140 rushing yards, which I don't actually see that happening. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you don't know what Dallas Cowboys team is going to show up. Is it going to be the one that played the Vikings and beat them, or is it going to be the ones that showed up and played against um, – the uh showed up last week and absolutely let them get ran completely over who knows i just i, feel, I actually and i want to pause that by saying i actually don't like giovanni bernard i don't like you know him as a as a rusher but the last four weeks he's just had a really he's had tough defenses if he's running against um the giants are actually a decent rush defense pittsburgh steelers washington miami all those are really tough and he's getting you know, let's see, he's getting about 12 to 14 uh, touches in a game. And I think he can turn that into 14 points. I reckon he gets in the end zone. Okay. Because what else are they going to do? Barely well, best of luck to you. Actually, I take that back. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong about everything you decide. <laughs> I hope you lose. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I've already been wrong today. I didn't put Cam Akers in. Anyway, <laughs> sounds good. Is that the Jaguars <laughs> coming up next. Right. Now, Derrick Henry probably cost a lot of people a win last week. He put up a measly 4.9 points. And he averages in standard scoring, which is, you know, with an asterisk there, 17.7 points per game this season. Just insane. I mean, did you know he already scored 12 touchdowns already? Yep. I think I had that down. Uh, No, that's a lot. That's a huge amount. Yeah. Uh, so last week was the least amount of touches Derrick Henry's had all season. He only had 16 touches. Uh, I mean, a lot of this was primarily due to game flow. If you remember, they were playing the Browns. And get this, the Titans were down by 31 points by halftime against the Browns. Right. So that's pretty disgusting in itself. But it obviously is why Tannehill had to start throwing the seed. Um, you know, expect – expect uh, Derrick Henry get back on track here. Uh, last week he faced a top 10 defense. Now this is a bottom five defense in the Jags. So pretty easy to run on. Uh, Dylan, I bet you could run on him and get hundred yards. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have the Jags as a 30th ranked uh, defense against the, against the pass as well. So they're also really bad. Jeez. Um, it's just, yeah, that's, that's pretty miserable. Um, uh, and, you know, talking about Tannehill, he had the most passing yards he's ever had all season. Uh, and it kind of reminded me that the Titans can actually score effectively in the air. Mm-hmm. So I was pleasantly surprised, you know, seeing Tannehill produce when he had to. He put up, you know. Well, here's what I boiled it down to, Jared. I actually looked up a, a, a bit of an article. Maybe I watched a, some talking head on TV talk about this. But really what it boils down to, Derrick Henry's success and the Titans in general – 
is establishing the play action. When you can get a play action and you're getting those, those linebackers to bite every time you fake the ball to Derrick Henry, which is what sure. they should be doing because you've got to, you need to have a lot of people to stop Derrick Henry. That opens up so much room for the passing game. But if your run defense gets shut down early, then your pass defense never takes off, right? Yeah. And according to some guy from a Yahoo article that I read, Ryan Tannehill is first in play action. So that's is valid. He? Oh, according okay. to this guy from Yahoo Sports. <laughs> what to fact check it, but, you know, I don't have time. So let's say he's, for, he's probably for real. <laughs> so, yeah, look for, look for Tannehill to have a big game. Look for um, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry to have a, a bounce back game. Yeah, so then obviously you're starting A.J. Brown, but you also have the, uh, the electric Corey Davis, who was the kind of primary recipient of the game flow last week. So last week he had get this 11 catches, 182 yards and a touchdown. That's enormous. Wow. And I'm looking at yeah, and and he only he only yeah he had 12 targets, so he only dropped one of those. So pretty impressive. You know, looking at Corey Davis, he actually is someone that you kind of like to see in your fantasy lineup in the playoffs. Hear me out on this. Okay. Obviously, last week he showed that he has huge upside. Right, he had 24 uh, fantasy points. Yeah, he also has a high floor. So he's had one game where she was a dud. He literally didn't have any catches and had zero points. Uh, but other than that, his next lowest total this whole season is 6.7 points. Everything above that, everything's been above that. So I think you know, especially in standard scoring, that's a pretty high floor. And then, you know, from yeah. last week, he can get you at least, you know, he can, his ceiling's pretty high, up 24, 25 points. So it's kind of what you're looking for uh, when you're deciding on your, uh, your lineup going to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and just kind of doing some quick mental math here, if, if this was PPR, those two lows that he has, 6.7 and 6.9, both those games he had five receptions. So that automatically goes from 7 to 12 points yeah, if, you're, if you're in PPR. So you got to like that. So on the other side of the football, we've got uh, Mike Glennon. Uh, as we outlined last episode, he is our pixie giraffe. Uh, and he had a sloppy game. So he had two interceptions and a fumble. Uh, I think we called that. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, we definitely. We're, we were thinking, like, you know, this guy is a decent pass thrower, but it's going to take him a few games to kind of get some of these mistakes out of the way. However, he did throw the ball relatively effectively in terms of yardage. So he was just shy of 300 yards, which is pretty good for backup. So what it does show is that it provides some fantasy value to the wide receivers. And one thing that we did call, we were talking about uh, his main target being Colin Johnson rather than, you know, the likes of DJ Chark. So even though ESPN was projecting DJ Chark to be higher, Colin Johnson's actually emerged as Mike Lennon's, you know, overall favorite target. Uh, so he still quite isn't worth starting, but potentially is worth stashing. I mean, if Mike Glennon can actually throw some touchdowns instead of interceptions, then uh, there might be some serious fantasy value going around to wide receivers. Did you see that touchdown from Schnault last week? No, I didn't. It, uh, it reflected off of, I think, a defender's shoulder pad. No um, that they It was like literally like an obvious interception ball deflected off of a defender's shoulder pads into the end zone and schnault was right there to just fucking haul it oh in i touchdown. did see that i did see that yeah it was like the very first touchdown of the day it happened like i don't know a minute into the game man 
That's the definition of padding your stats. <laughs> you like that one? You're an idiot. On the fly. <laughs> you got anything uh, else for this game? Last stat, James Robinson continues to be a beast, even against a tough defense. He went 18 with 78 yards and a touchdown, and he even caught six balls for 30 yards. So we talked about that usage in the passing game. He's really the only worthy start on this offense. If you didn't have enough reason to start Derrick Henry, uh, the Jaguars have allowed 14 rushing touchdowns all season. Yeah. Ooh, God, that's bad. Cardinals-Giants, this one's kind of an interesting one because, you know, the Giants just came off of a big W against Seattle, and Seattle looked like they were yeah. a, a legitimate team in the NFL. The Giants are still fighting for a playoff spot in the NFC least. And Colt McCoy, baby. Colt McCoy <laughs> came out and, and looked good. Do you start him in fantasy? Hell no. All right. But if you look at the Giants, they just played Seattle and they beat Russell Wilson. If you look at Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is pretty similar to Russell Wilson. So maybe they got the rushing quarterback situation figured out with their defense. True. That's true. Do you put Kyler Murray on the bench because of it? No. Nah, don't get don't get cute. No, <laughs> don't get cute. All right. <laughs> uh, you're you're playing Kyler. Um, my, my only concern though here is he doesn't his, – he's injured his shoulder like five weeks ago or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly when it was. But his throwing motion just hasn't looked healthy. He hasn't been the same since then. So maybe I'm a little bit yeah. worried there. I mean, Kyler – so Kyler's kind of gone on record and saying that his shoulder's fine. But kind of the eye test looks like it's not – it doesn't seem Fail fine. on the eye test. Yeah. Same with Coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury. He's he's also making a point saying that there's an issue there, but he's not. I don't think he's even listed on the um, on the injury report today. No. So I mean, he's apparently totally healthy. Apparently. So that being said, I also think you still play your key wide receivers. Wayne All Goldman, right. I, and I can't believe that Wayne Goldman is like fantasy viable for people in the playoffs right now. It's incredible that he's still you know even in discussion. But he's good, and he's done the he's done a good job, and he scored touchdowns like every single week. Yeah, numbers cool. don't lie. That's right, especially when you don't have any other weapons. Okay, uh, so moving on, we've got the Texans versus the Bears. Now, I want to give Deshaun a bit of a shout out here because I thought he did a good job of moving the ball around against a pretty thin, you know, difficult Colts defense last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watson threw for about 350 yards on 38 attempts. However, he didn't have any passing touchdowns. Kind of the breakout story from that game was Kiki Cutie. And shout out to Texas Tech. In fact, I feel like we brought up Kiki last week in our podcast and and said that he was going to be someone to keep an eye on as a breakout candidate. He was a pretty good receiver at uh, at Texas Tech. Uh, He's just kind of had a bit of a slow start to his career here. Um, so Will Fuller is still out for another six weeks due to his cocaine addiction and strict rehab schedule. So we've got (laughs) Cooney back for next week as the number two wide receiver. I do want to keep an eye on these guys though, because, uh, Kiki and, um, Brandon Cooks are listed as questionable. I don't think it's worth playing, uh, Kiki. You know, this is definitely a bit of an outlier game. Obviously, he has had more volume with uh, Will Fuller being out. Um, but he's playing a Bears pass defense that's a lot better than the Colts, actually. So that makes you a little bit nervous. Uh, I would start Cooks. I think 
you know, he's still going to do a good job. I mean, Matt Stafford last week tore up the Bears for three touchdowns over 400 yards. So I think there's going to be some value for one of these guys. And my guess is it's going to go back to Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And straight off ESPN stats here, Cooks has had 65 yards in the past three games. He also had five targets in the past eight games. Right. So you hope his target share goes up. But, um, I mean, we could be sitting here staring at, you know, Kiki Cutie having a similar line next week, you know, uh, with eight catches, 140-something yards. So yeah, it just depends on the Bears. I don't know the Bears' defense that well. I'm sure they have a shutdown yeah. corner that they're probably going to put on somebody. Well, they're usually good. Yeah, I mean, they're usually good, but Matt Stafford tore them up. So that's why it's like, man, maybe the door's open a little bit. Uh, so we've got David Johnson for the running back for Houston, and he is worth starting going forward. He doesn't really have that big play potential or really that high ceiling that he used to, uh, but he's a pretty steady 10 points a game in standard scoring. Yeah, I thought he looked good. Yeah. Uh, so on the other side of the field, we've got the Bears, and finally they got their run game a little bit more attention last week. Uh, you know, Dylan and I were shouting it out that, uh, you know, we wanted David Montgomery to get a few more touches because he was doing such a good job against, I think it was the Packers. Yeah. Um, however, it was Codrell Patterson that saw his touches increase rather than giving everything to David Montgomery. So Patterson had – he went – 10 rushing attempts for 59 yards and a touchdown. So 5.9 yards per carry, pretty decent. And David Montgomery, 17 rushing attempts, 72 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so Patterson was actually a little bit more productive on a uh, per attempt basis, but obviously you like the two touchdowns in Montgomery. I, I think you definitely start David Montgomery. Um, what's interesting to me here is that throughout the season, before these last two or three weeks sample for Montgomery, is he wasn't actually that productive. So I think there is an opportunity for Caudrell Patterson to sneak The word you're in. going for there is Cordero. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote it down in here wrong. <laughs> but uh, I knew who you're talking about. Yeah. Should call him Patterson. Call him old Pat. Old Pat. You know, uh, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> there is a chance that he starts getting a bit more volume and starts taking that away from Montgomery going forward. Right. But could be a sneaky stash to pick up Patterson because he was a little bit more effective, uh, a little bit more efficient uh, per attempt. But we'll see, that, see how that plays out. I'm still only sticking with Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Wide receiver-wise, I'm only going to play Allen Robertson, Robinson for this receiving core. It's the only person I trust. Yeah. Completely agree. I mean – Cordero Patterson right now on ESPN is listed as a wide receiver and a running back. So you technically could put him in your wide receiver spot. I don't really know why you would, but he's eligible for both wide receiver or running back. I mean, I probably would start him as a wide receiver if he got the, you know, primary running back touches. Yeah. If he was able to do that, then I, he'd probably, you know, he, shit, he'd turn into like a little miniature Alvin Kamara. Exactly. Anyway, that's all I got for that game. All right. Yeah. A-Rob had uh, six receptions in the past six games. So, even more of a reason why you should trust him. Very high floor. Six, re six receptions in each of the last six games. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. 
if you like that. Okay, on to the next game. We've got the Broncos versus the Panthers. This is definitely a 30-second game. In fact, I'm already bored. Uh, one thing I want to point out is that we guessed it right. It's the Tim Patrick show. He's the one who emerged as Drew Locke's favorite receiver. So it's not Jerry Judy. It's Tim Patrick, so particularly in the red zone. Uh, in fact, I think Judy is probably droppable at this stage. And I'm also looking at Tim Patrick thinking he probably isn't even worth stashing yet. Maybe a stash, but certainly not a start. Uh, Drew Locke just, you know, has struggled to throw over 150 yards in a single game. So really not that reliable. Um, but it was cool to see Tim Patrick get two touchdowns last week. Looking at the running backs, Melvin Gordon continues to break off these big games, games in like every game that he plays. He ends up having like, you know, a rushing attempt that goes for like 50 yards. He's done it like in the, every time in the past three games. Yeah. Um, I think he should pretty much live in your flex spot. I reckon he's earned that over the last few weeks. Other than that, the rest of the guys on this Broncos team are pretty shitty. Yep. I'm, Not worth I'm right there with you. There's no reason you play him unless you've got a major injury and you're kind of struggling for, for guys. Yeah. Even then, man, surely there's someone better on the waivers. Tim Patrick, yeah, I don't know. He's not quite worth it just yet. Uh, so Bridgewater is healthy, and he will be leading the Panthers this week. Uh, he's a little bit too inconsistent to get excited about the pass catchers on this offense. However, I do feel like there's going to be some value around with DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. Uh, if I had to choose one, I think I'd go with Curtis Samuel as the best chance to score a touchdown this game. On right. the running back side, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey. Everyone's hoping that he'll come back, but he's still doubtful at this stage, and, and I really don't think he's going to make it, which puts Mike Davis slated to be the head running back. Unfortunately, he's painfully worse than McCaffrey, but uh, you've got to use what you've got. Uh, at least Davis is getting 15-plus touches each game to warrant a spot on your flex if you're hurting. Um, but the running back, you know, depth chart this year has been pretty low, so you, you probably have to use him as your wife, as your running back too anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is all I've got for that game. Only yeah. worth 30 seconds. Well, when it comes to Mike Davis, the only thing I had was that he's up against a 26th-ranked uh, – at least Denver's run defense, rush defense, is 26th ranked in the league right now. Jeez. That's terrible, man. You know, a Panthers defense, has, I think, would be a sneaky play as well this week. Uh, Drew Locke has proven he just is not that consistent and keeps turning the ball over. So uh, I think there's a good chance he turns the ball over, has, has at least an interception and probably a fumble. Oh, yeah. Definitely cool, an interception. Who knows about a fumble? Oh, yeah. Up next, we got the Vikings versus the Buccaneers. What do you think about that game, dude? My bold prediction is going to be Kirk Cousins goes off here. Okay. I like Kirk Cousins here against the Buccaneers. Um, I could see him throwing for, I don't know, let's call it three tutters and 300 yards. Okay, he has done that a few times. Is that a is that a fair is that a fair bold prediction? I think it's pretty bold. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I think. It's, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, against the Buccaneers, where they probably have to pass. Uh, probably, probably good point there. 
And so, yeah, Kirk Cousins has 26 passing touchdowns all year. Like to see that. I think that his wide receivers in this game are obviously going to be guys that you play. Um, Adam Thielen and uh, I think it's Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jason. Yeah, he's those two are, are definitely guys that you want to start. Unfortunately, unfortunately, our, our, our good friend Chad Beebe, probably not fantasy relevant anymore with those two studs on the field. But man, was it fun to watch that guy play. You never know, they might put him late in the game. I reckon uh, maybe Thielen might get COVID again. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, speaking of injuries, Kyle Rudolph, he looks like he's most likely going to be out. So if you have him as your tight end, you want to be very careful. Um, you may want to find somebody else off of waivers that you can plug in there because it doesn't look like he's going to be a go uh, against the Bucks. More injuries on the other side of the football. Buccaneers, um, Mike Evans. He's been out of practice. You're going to want to watch that injury until um, about an hour before the game kicks off because they're probably going to be a game-time decision there on him. If Evans is out and you happen to have Chris Godwin on – or Goodwin? Godwin? Goodwin? Whatever. Godwin? Yeah. And you're somebody else that, you know, maybe picked him up as a wide receiver too, Chris Godwin – his value is going to go up and it's not going to be projected. It's not going to be shown on the fantasy projections, but so just be sure to keep an eye on that. The Vikings defense has been kind of up and down They're They're, they're supposed to be good. And when it comes to rushing D they have been really good. They've only allowed 70. They've only allowed an average of 74 yards per game. The, or sorry, this is the Buccaneers defense. Jeez. Yeah. So the Buccaneers defense is shockingly good against the rush. They've averaged 74 yards per game. So that doesn't mean that you should bench Dalvin Cook here. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make that known. You still play Dalvin Cook. But a couple of numbers about how good the rush D is, the Bucks. When they played Kansas City, they only allowed 87 total rushing yards. They played the Rams. They only allowed 37 total rushing yards. They played Carolina. They only allowed 65 total rushing yards. Played New Orleans, they allowed 138 total rushing yards. Played the Giants, they allowed 101. They played Vegas, they allowed 76. And they played Green Bay and allowed 94. So I'm looking here, it looks like they're ranked number one in uh, least amount of rushing yards allowed to running backs. So best defense in terms of minimizing the opponent's rushing yards. Yeah. But do you sit Dalvin Cook? What did you say earlier? Don't get cute. <laughs> Don't get cute. Don't get cute. Don't get cute. You know, I like your call, though, with Kirky. Um, you know, Tampa Bay Bucks. while they're good at the rush defense, Jesus, they are bad at passing. So passing attempts, passing completion percentage, they are third worst as a defense. Yeah. So Kirk's going to sling the rock, and if Dalvin Cook can't get the job done, Kirk will. I think this game, it'll depend on game flow, whether you get your uh, prediction right. Well, they're, they're still going to have to trust the run, right? You can't have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And as a defense of the Buccaneers, not trust or, or not um, defend against the run. If you, if you start backing guys out, only rushing three defenders, Dalvin Cook's going to run all over them. So they still have to stack the box. They still have to – they still can't cheat and throw a bunch of guys back in coverage which if that offensive line sticks up and Kirk Cousin has time to throw, I think he's going to find guys downfield. 
You want to flip over to Colts Raiders? Yep. All right. Um, the Raiders make me nervous, man. Well, they're so up and down. So up and down. It's terrible. I tried to figure out why. I don't, I don't know <laughs> why. Um, okay. From watching the games, it looks like Derek Carr struggles under pressure. Okay, so when, when teams can get to Derek Carr in the pocket and he has to throw very quickly, it seems when I watch it on film that that's, that's the games that he struggles. All right, turns out I'm unless wrong. It's a, unless it's a Hail Mary. <laughs> Maybe it's a Hail Mary. Um, so his completion percentage when he's under pressure is 68%. You're like, okay, is that bad? Is that good? I looked that number up and I was like, shit, I don't Pretty know good. if that's good or bad. Who do you compare it to? Pick a guy. I reckon it's pretty good. All right. Um, Patrick Mahomes. All right. 68% also. Wow. Pick wow. another guy. Um, okay. Who would be – how about Tannehill? I don't have that. Sorry. <laughs> I had Aaron okay. Rodgers. He's the only other one that I, that I wrote down. Aaron Rodgers. He is a whopping 69% completion against nice. uh, the rush. Nice. So those, I feel like those two guys are sort of some of the highest guys that you would think that are good against the rush and Derek Carr is right there with them. So turns out who fucking knows why Derek Carr is really bad <laughs> when he gets, <laughs> when he gets blitzed on and what causes a good game and what causes him to almost lose to the jets with a, with a hail Mary with four seconds left. I yeah. Know. I don't know, man. It, it is bizarre and it's pretty unpredictable. It seems like with these, with these Raiders. Yeah. Um, he was sacked five times in the last two games. Cause you'll see them like, you know, you'll see them put up 35 points and then like literally a game later, they'll put up four points, you know, three points or just a field goal or something embarrassing. It's like, how can you be that sporadic? They went toe to toe with the chiefs twice this season, beat them the first time and barely and got blown out by the Atlanta Falcons. And they get blown out by the Falcons who haven't blown anyone else out. Doesn't make sense. So who knows what's, who's going to show up against the Colts? That being said, I don't really hope, like a whole lot of the players on the Colts side of the offense here. I don't think that Phillip Rivers is going to be fantasy relevant. I don't like any of the wide receivers, even though T.Y. Hilton just came off of a big game against Houston. If you look, T.Y. has always played well against Houston. I wish I had predicted last week that T.Y. was going to go off against Houston. I don't know what it is about T.Y. playing in Houston against Houston, but he always has over 100 yards. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you must have some baby mamas in the crowd or something. I don't know. It's got to be. It's got to be. Maybe it's the humidity. Who knows? But don't see that happening again. I don't see T.Y. going off again. I think he's going to continue to be a part of the offense, but I don't think he's going to be a critical fantasy-relevant part of the offense. Michael Pittman, maybe you stretch on him again. I just, uh, I just don't, I don't see think you. So. I don't see you grabbing him off the waivers and putting him in your starting lineup unless you've, you're struggling with injuries or – something crazy happens with your players getting, you know, illness or COVID restrictions or something. Cause, yeah. but if, if he's I mean, on your way, he's starting to me struggling. There he is. But I don't see you starting to me either. I mean, I'd rather start T Y probably over Pittman. Um, I wouldn't want to start either one to be honest, but well, the chances you have both of them in your lineup is also low. Yeah. But they're both also kind of like could be on your waiver, but um, honestly I had Pittman in a league on my bench and I just dropped him. 
Uh, I don't think the value's there. I mean, watching, you know, they've had a couple of games where it should have just, they should have been blowing out teams. In fact, they had a game, maybe it was two weeks ago where they, uh, where they did blow a team out and um, all the damage was done with tight ends and running backs and Pittman barely did shit. And so after I saw that, I'm like, all right, this is, we're done here. Uh, I, I don't like the value. If, if he's not going to put up numbers against an easy defense, then I don't trust him against any other defense. Yeah. I think it was his game with Tennessee where they put up – it was like, you know, 45 to zero at halftime or whatever. And uh, Pittman ended up having like three fantasy points. So. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the only play that you have is Zach Taylor. Um, he's – Las Vegas is ranked 20th against the run. So you play Taylor. I think he's probably the only right, one. Right, right. Yeah, he's a good play. Uh, last, cool. I want to. The only thing I want to close it out is here is maybe a little uh, injury update. Josh Jacobs, he's been limited in practice. They thought last week that he wasn't going to play. Uh, he had a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I think he was maybe practiced for at a limited basis today, but at the beginning of the week they said that his outcome looked doubtful. So I would continue to see him as doubtful and make sure you have um, somebody else to fill his spot. Even if he does come off of the injured well, so and, the guy, and decides to play. So the guy that's going to fill his spot is Devontae Booker, right? Uh-huh. And he's been given the green light the last, at least last week, maybe even the week before, but definitely last week. He played against the Jets, which is a pretty shitty run defense. And he had 16 rushing attempts. Okay. So a good running back with 16 rushing attempts against the Jets. How many points do you think he put up? How many yards do you think he got? I mean, I'm looking at his fantasy score from last week and he had 5.1 fantasy points. So he had 50 yards, 16 rush against attempts against a bad defense. So uh, really hard for you to trust him on this one. You probably don't, you know, if, if this is the guy that you picked up because you have a gap in your in your lineup, you might have to play him. The Colts are actually not as good against the rush as they have been earlier in the season. So yeah, I'm pretty- real disappointed they fell off. And if you look, actually, Booker is added in 61% of leagues. Okay, speaking of the Jets, up next we get the Jets versus the Seahawks. What do you got, man? Yeah, this is another one of those tricky games where the Jets just came off of a really close game against the Vegas Raiders where they almost won. Um, and the Seahawks just came off of a terrible loss against the Giants. Yeah. Like, so there's only one way so, to go for the Seahawks. <laughs> there's what? There's only one way to go for the Seahawks, man. I mean, and what's that? You've got an MVP quarterback candidate. Okay. Came off a very shitty game. I'm thinking he's only going up from his last yep. game. For sure, yeah. And that's that's where I was going here. You're starting Russ. You're starting uh, with Lockett and DK Metcalf. Now, it, they're, they're just going to eat. Those guys are just yep. going to eat. And Chris Carson, I think he may sit. You may sit him. I don't think you play Chris Carson. Chris Carson, really? Why? Why is that? I, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. The Jets' defense has actually shown to be fifth ranked against the run. Man, that's a bold move. Last two weeks, he's put up 12 points and 17 points. 
touchdown in each one, and they're increasing his workload. So uh, Pete Carroll's come out and said that uh, he will be um, increasing his touches, and Carlos Hyde is, you know, he's also questionable. So I don't know if he's going to be stealing any touches. I think it's really just a matter of health for Carson. If he's feeling healthy, shit, he's good, man. Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely play him if if I had him. Maybe that's the only re- other reason why I'm leaning against maybe trying to find another guy in place of Chris Carson is because he does have that injury and you never know if, you know, the foot injury is going to flare up or I don't know. I don't know what, what, what possibly could happen, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a good play to me. I think they're going to throw the fuck out of the ball. Okay. I reckon we should, uh, we should put a prediction on it. Okay. Are we doing over-under on Chris Carson? Okay. Do you want to pick the number? I pick the over-under or what? Uh, sure. I'll pick the number. How about 11? 11.5. 11. Now you change it to 11.5. So you give me an extra half a point. That's a good fucking number. That's about where okay, I was I'll thinking. Sc- I'll scoot it up. Um, <laughs> I'll scoot it up. How about this? No, 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 no. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I honestly, I think he'll be, I think he'll be easily in the 15 range. No shot. Okay, so you're going to, so uh, I'm if you saying, If your number was 15, I was under all day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that's why I was trying to lowball you because I wanted to you know, give myself a few extra points there. <laughs> all right so we'll put it at uh what'd you say 12, 5, 13, what was it 13 shit i forgot well you said 11 and a half and i said 11.8 and then you switched to 13 oh. and a half and i said under well i'm trying to choose the over under yeah i was trying to pick a number that would be dicey that you would still pick the under um okay. anyway you'll pick 11.8 and i will pick the i'll pick 15 always do that all right we'll see who's closer All right. Um, so on the Jets side of the ball, they got a new defensive coordinator. They just fired their defensive coordinator and maybe you got a new strategy. Maybe something changes with their defense. I doubt it. <laughs> um, Frank Gore is probably the only person that should go. If you have Jamison Crowder or Brashad Perriman, I mean, good luck, man. I hope, I hope you do better next year when you're, when you, when you, uh, Aren't because you aren't in the playoffs this week. Yeah, man, you're stretching more than a yoga instructor. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> um, so yeah, Frank Gore's the only guy. If and and he's injured, so but he should go. He's injured. He's coming off the concussion protocol. So what interests me about this backfield is uh, Ty Johnson emerged last week. So I felt pretty bad for anyone who thought Frank Gore was going to be there you know, stud flex play in the playoffs because he literally had one rushing attempt and then bangs his head for a concussion. So two yards, see you later. And Ty Johnson came in and he did quite well. So he was a, he was picked up off the waivers from the Jets. Last week he had 22 attempts for 104 yards and a touchdown. Wow. So there is value there, but only if Frank Gore is out. If he's out, then then I'm definitely playing Ty Johnson. But if he's not out, then you probably won't play either, I would say. Because I, I reckon that coach is going to split those touches down the middle. 
Right. And Len, so one last thing I wanted to just sort of close it out with that just makes me feel super happy to have DK Metcalf. Um, <laughs> the New York Jets are averaging a whopping 309 yards, pass yards per game, which is wow. definitely ranked last in the NFL. 37. The Jets are allowing so many, so many pass yards. Uh, they almost need a fucking passport. <laughs> uh it's it's really ugly and you know one thing i'll comment here is you look at dk metcalf's past games and especially where he's been held in check it's because he's going up against defenses where there's been this one guy who just shadowed him and did a good job of stopping him the jets don't have that so Definitely dk not. metcalf is gonna absolutely murder the jets the Jets have guys that look like me playing defensive back against guys that look like DK <laughs> Metcalf. Yeah, you except shorter. Yeah, good luck. You got good luck. Wide receiver Batman trying to catch balls. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Cool, man. You got for the game? That's it. Falcons and the Chargers. So last week, the Chargers played the Patriots and put up a whopping zero points. So they were completely shut out. And um, and we actually called that right here on the fantasy football focus, whatever we call foresight. Foresight. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> uh, because it is pretty one dimensional, and and that's the the biggest problem I'm seeing with the Chargers offense. However, this week they're going up against a Falcons defense that ranks as what second, maybe even dead last in uh, passing yards, uh, or just as a defense to quarterbacks. So I feel really confident putting Justin Herbert right back in the mix as uh, your QB1. And I think he's going to finish as a top three quarterback this week. Uh, depends how he goes with his legs, but you got to feel good about it. The Falcons have allowed literally Taysom Hill to get his first two passing touchdowns last week. So if Taysom yeah, that Hill was, can- That was pretty fun to see, but still it's just like, Jesus, you're letting a tight end throw fucking touchdowns in the NFL. Dude, exactly. Threw two of them. He threw two of them. He did okay. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm expecting Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen to get back on track this week. Um, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about uh, what's his name? Austin Eckler as well. I'm starting the shit out of him. If you got him. Yep. Um, in fact, I bet Austin Eckler is going to get close to 20 touches. So the previous game before the Patriots, uh, Austin Eckler had, I believe, 11 catches, which is pretty insane for a running back. Uh, so I think he's going to get back on track. Hopefully it doesn't steal too many touches away from Keenan Allen, but literally those are the only two people that Herbert throws to. So you're feeling good with that. Um, on the other side of the field, you've got the sad four and eight Falcons and they're doing whatever they can to win. Big takeaway from last game when I was watching the Falcons is that Calvin Ridley is an absolute stud. Did you see a couple of his catches? Dude, I bet he had the two best catches of the week. And, uh, and there were catches where, like, you know, the ball's in the air, and you're like, nah, no chance. And then he jumps and catches it, and then you're thinking, oh, And he drags his toes, too. Didn't he have that one, he like, in the end zone? drags his toes, man. It was insane. So, super impressed. He's definitely a stud. You feel good about starting him and Julio Jones this week. I feel like it's going to be a shootout, but I say that every time the Chargers touch the, touch the uh, football. And yeah. it hasn't exactly always been that. Well, here's um, one thing I'll say about the Chargers that may make you nervous and hopefully doesn't uh, sway any of your fantasy opinions. Okay. Um, so last week, they were 
deemed mathematically ineligible to make the playoffs. Okay. So that happens to a lot of teams and they still put up fantasy numbers, right? It's not that big of a deal, but the week before that happened. Okay. So two weeks ago when they were still mathematically eligible to make the playoffs, they needed to have like a thousand things to happen. They needed to win out and needed so-and-so to lose, but they were still mathematically still in it. The coach came out and said, all right, we're not going to make the playoffs. So we might as well, uh, you know, start preparing for next year. And then that's when they got shut out. Oh, and 45 against the Patriots. Jeez. So maybe a little bit of coaching controversy or issues in the locker rooms, just something to keep an eye on. Mm, that's pretty good insight, actually. Uh, I still feel pretty damn good because you're going up against the Falcons. I mean, we literally talked about it last week, how uh, the pay- Bill Belichick's a smart guy and the Chargers are just one dimensional. So did you watch tonight's got- game? I haven't seen tonight's game. That was an interesting one. <laughs> the, Patriots, the Patriots lost to the to the Rams. Like, I don't know what yeah. the final score was. It was like 27 to three or something like that. Yeah. Jeez. So up and down, man. Who knows but, what happens in the NFL? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, so I'm then I'll go back to sidetrack. That's all good. Uh, so going back to this, the on the Falcons, their running back situation is a concern. Todd Gurley is a concern. Um, the Falcons coach Raheem Morris is limiting Gurley's workload. Uh, Gurley's got a bit of an injured knee. I don't know if this directly relates to this arthritis that he has, but it's pretty banged up. So the three running backs, Ito Smith, Brian Hill, Todd Gurley, they split touches pretty much down the middle last week. Uh, Coach Morris stated that he's anticipating increasing Gurley's workload against the Chargers. However, he honestly needs to get into the end zone to be fantasy relevant this week. Yeah. If you can afford it, bench him. Two fantasy points last week against New Orleans. Now, New Orleans' run defense has shown up and and decided they wanted to actually give a shit about defending the run. So they kind of came out of nowhere, but still. They are pretty. The past two games he played, unfortunately, were against New Orleans, and he had 2.9 fantasy points and 2.0 fantasy points. Yeah, that's ugly. If you could afford it, definitely definitely bench him. I don't think the upside's there. That's the problem. Like, I think he's got a low floor and low low, floor, low upside. Low upside. So see you later. Okay, that's all I got for that game. You got anything to add? Nah, man, that's it. Sweet. Okay. Uh, over to the Saints and the Big Birds, the Eagles. We were just talking uh, about the Saints. Perfect. Yeah, no, it's, it's just almost like we planned it. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, bro, there's no way Breeze is playing this week. No, no chance. My man had 11 fractured ribs. 11 broken ribs. And he was like, bro, nah, dude, 11. I'm good. Dude, and he's then worried, take worried Taysom Hill's going to steal his starting job, I think. <laughs> nah, think about it. On. No, think about it. Like, Drew Brees is older guy. He already broke every fucking record there is to break. And every rib. He already broke every-, every fucking rib in his body. <laughs> so, like, why not just kind of cruise it out until you get to the playoffs, let Taysom Hill do his thing, and then once you get into the playoffs, throw Brees in. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's probably a bit more insight about – you know, which uh, seed you're going to be, who you're going to play, whatever. Um, but I don't – there's no reason he should play this week. I think the Please, Saints no. can beat – the Saints so. beat the Ingles. You know, even if he was moderately – dude, and then to, to cap it off, one of those fractured ribs literally punctured his lung. Yeah. 
Like, fuck, this is ridiculous. And apparently, you, you called me, you called me the other day and you were like, I think I broke a rib. It kind of hurts. And you broke one fucking rib. I broke Maybe. one. Yeah, one rib. Maybe. Like, you don't even know if it was broken. Yeah, it still hurts. So I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> that was two years ago. Well, but, but then think about, you know, Drew Brees, 11 ribs like three weeks ago. That's ridiculous. And so apparently, we'll see. He's like, like that. 38. I know. Yeah, you're not going to recover. But apparently the lung is the lesser of the two injuries, which blows my mind. Um, but either way, he hasn't practiced this week, so I'm expecting that the, um, you know, Taysom Hill is going to start, and the Saints are probably pretty confident they can beat the Eagles without him. So what does that mean? It means Kamara will continue to have a minimal role in the passing game. So he's going to have to do his damage on the ground. With that said, before the Falcons game last week, uh, two weeks ago, all the rushing game was pretty much taken over by uh, the backup. Uh, what's his name? Latavius Murray. So there's an interesting mix going on where I'm just honestly, I'm not really sure who's going to be the main running back week to week. And Kamara is only useful as a running back. So it's tough times if you've got him as, you know, probably your, you know, definitely your first round pick. Um, last week, Hill, well, I, I see that's a little shot that you just took at me, so I'm not scared. Uh, I yeah, think you should you bench Kamara. Form. You should bench okay. Kamara. Look at cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reckon you should bench him. All right. Well, we'll see how this week plays out. Don't get fucking uh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so last week we talked about earlier, he'll prove to the world that he can actually throw the ball uh, and get some touchdowns. So that was cool. I feel like it's partly because this is the second time he's played the lousy Falcons in three weeks, uh, but also because he's gaining a bit of confidence. The Eagles are a bit better. They have uh, above, they have an above average defense against quarterbacks. Uh, with that said, I'm still starting Michael Thomas this week, and I would be cautious. However, I'd be cautious with the result because, I mean, I think there's a good chance Michael Thomas gets less than 50 yards, you know, four or five catches, 50 yards, maybe eight eight targets, and half of them are off target. So, what that's that game is going to be lower scoring than, than I do? I think I think New Orleans might put up a bunch of points. I feel like it's going to be lower scoring, yes. I think okay. Taysom Hill is going to go back to being the guy who runs the ball in and gets those, you know, rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen Hurts, on the other side of the ball, is another one of those running quarterbacks. If you ever saw him in college. Uh-huh. Uh, so an, an interesting stat here, I realized the Saints, as good as their defense is, hasn't played a rushing quarterback yet this season. So I don't know if that's going to change things uh, for their defense or make it a bit difficult. I reckon it does. So we'll kind of keep an eye on that. You know, I do want to talk this about one will Carson. be an interesting one to watch, but I think you avoid just because how good the Saints defense has became in the past couple of weeks. I think you avoid yeah. every Eagles player that you have. Yeah, I mean, I would maybe feel okay starting Dallas Goddard, but even that, I'm not, I'm not that sure about, and I'm definitely not sure about Miles Sanders anymore. I mean, so the Saints are good against the run, so the number one against the run, and Sanders hasn't exactly proven himself recently, and I don't even necessarily think it's his fault. I think he is pretty talented. There's just no other weapons going on. Uh, with the Eagle, and that offensive line is so bad. That's why they're getting so many sacks. Dude, uh, you know, there were seven sacks last week. 
against the Eagles, which is insane. That's because Carson Wentz just sat in the pocket and didn't decide to throw the ball. So different quarterback. I don't know if you're going to see the same number of sacks, but again, New Orleans Saints defense, you have them, you start them. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, I reckon you still start them, but I think don't. they're going to have a harder time than normal because they have a, a going up against quarterback that moves around. Anyway, it's all I got for that game. Yep. Let's move on to the Packers versus the Lions. All right. Um, so the Lions just got off of a pretty solid win over the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That gave the Lions a little bit of hope, but I still don't think that this team is going to be able to stop the freight train that the, that the Green Bay Packers are right now. Yeah, no, so, I yeah. agree. The Lions will not be able to Lions, keep up. With the you don't think the Lions can, you don't think Matt Stafford can keep up? No. Okay. Nope. Um, now, I mean, he had yards last week and three touchdowns against the Bears, who were good. The Bears. That's a good defense. Bears are good, man. And it was, and it was uh, at the Bears Stadium. That's pretty impressive. I don't know. I'm saying there's a chance. There is a chance. I don't know. This. I don't know. This is. This is, feels like a trick game. You know, like the Lions are going to be sneaky good, and the Packers might fucking lay an egg. But I hope not. Packers are going up a 32nd ranked rush defense in the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are 25th ranked against the pass, and they are 23rd ranked against quarterbacks. Jeez, that's just so bad, man. And you have to play a running back, a quarterback, and a wide receiver, and a tight end. Hell, fuck it. If you got him on the Packers, you play him. Yeah. No, that's definitely fair. I mean, I love Aaron Jones, and I want to see more of Aaron Jones. I want to see him run the ball 25 times a game if, yeah. if we could do it. Because he, he, he averages over four and a half yards every single game. He's a stud, man. And get him in the passing game. Freaking unstoppable, man. And he's going to yeah. go off his lines. Oh, yeah. Going to go I'd be The only guy I would pass on – sorry. The only guy I would pass on here on the Packers would be uh, Alan Lazard. I just don't think that there's value here. I think the big guys, the big-name guys are going to get the ball. All right. We'll flip over to uh, the old Lions. So, the Packers' passing defense has actually been okay this – season when it comes to their run defense it's got off they are terrible against the run so if deandre swift goes he's fighting an illness he's gonna go off he's gonna completely run over the packers and they're gonna try to utilize that as much as possible in order to try to get some sort of offense going okay that's that's really the only move i think that they have here trust I, I just hate. I don't know, man. I'm so tied to the Lions. I'm like, my Stafford. He might be. A, he might be real good, and then he also might suck real bad. Just <laughs> guess that's fantasy football for you. I mean, he did a good job against a tough defense last week. That's why I'm sitting here like, you know what? I think this game is going to be a shootout. Any idea what the over under Vegas odds are? The over under is fifty one and a half. Right. It's a pretty big game. And that's a lot of points. 
I don't know enough about betting to say if I would take that or not. Yeah, me neither. Uh, so on the Lions, do you have any updates on the running backs? So DeAndre Swift, he's, again, battling that illness, but he should be okay and good to go. But it looks like they're back to a committee now. So it's not like DeAndre Swift is going to be back from this illness and get the lion's share of the touches. They're, they're all going to be, be kind of bounced around between Swift, Peterson, and on Johnson, which makes Swift's value go completely down. And if you're still holding on to Adrian Peterson for some reason. Some reason. Hey, he's been good, man. <sighs> It's only when Swift is out. Well, yeah. You know, there's a chance he's still out. <laughs> Small team. I'm clutching, clutching on strings here. Yeah. Man. But so that being said, my personal opinion, Jones and Hawkinson are the only guys that can start here off of this, this roster. Yeah. And Matt That's Prater, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Uh, I'm looking at a – 30-second game here with the Washington R-Words and 49ers. Yeah, just kind of broad overview here. I think the 49ers could fuck this up and lose this game. Ooh. Okay. Um, Why is that? Just a gut feeling. I think maybe that should have been my bold prediction of the week, but um, <laughs> I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with my Kirk Cousins bold prediction. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. And I kind of wanted to just throw that out there and put it on the record. Um, now, when you look through the roster of the Niners, I, nobody really stands out to me besides Raheem Morstead, right? Okay. Anybody else on that roster make you think that they're worth a damn? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think uh, Brandon Ayuk, he kind of fires me up a little bit. Uh, take a look at his last four games in a row, okay? 15.5 points, 12.7 points, 15.1, 11.5. He has been a very consistent stud, and he's the exact type of guy you want to play in your fantasy playoffs. He's got that high floor and, uh, and you know, relatively high ceiling. You haven't seen him, you know, bust 20 points or anything, but the last – Last four games, he's averaging about 90 yards and then throw in three touchdowns out of the last – four touchdowns out of the last five games. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. I think Washington defense is real good. I think they came out and kind of proved something against Pittsburgh last week. And yeah. they, they aren't going to back down. They're also going to try to win the NFC least. All right, they're going to have a hard time with Gibson being hurt, so that leaves Peyton Barter and J.D. McKissick likely to split carries. Uh, that's really yeah. going to be relevant news there on the Washington side of the football, Washington football team side. I'm not excited about any players in any of these games, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the running backs for the 49ers, and like everyone's rushing to the waivers and picking up McKissick and Barber. And I mean, McKissick definitely, I get that play for PPR for standard. Um, you know, is what we what we're talking about. The 49ers have a quite a good rushing defense. So I don't think – I think that hurts Barber's value big time. But I reckon it does lift J.D. McKissick's value a little bit. Out of the two, I'm absolutely – I would rather start J.D. McKissick, even in standard scoring. But 
even with that said, I'm not excited. I'm nervous. Yep. All right. I mean, I, I don't really want to touch on anything else about that game. There's a couple couple okay. guys injured, and I, I told you who I wanted to start, and everybody else on there can sit on your bench. I was going to say something mean. <laughs> okay, well, then let's skip that game. Let's go right over to the Steelers versus the Bills. Historic day, the Steelers have been dropped. You know what else has been dropped, Dylan? You dropped the Steelers' defense? No, 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 no. You know what else has been dropped? Every single one of Big Ben's passes last week. Oh, my God, dude. Did you watch? Did you see that? Terrible. It's like they had Vaseline on the football. <laughs> Someone rubbed lube all over it, all over everyone's hands. I mean, so last you should check to see if Tom Brady went over there and deflated those footballs. It's bullshit. It's outrageous, dude. They had seven drop passes, which is most in the entire league for one game this whole season. It's pretty you bad. So good, you got some good pass catchers out there with Claypool and Juju, dude. Well, so that's kind of the it's it's almost it's, it's a blessing and it's also a big hindrance because you have some great pass catchers, but you actually have too many pass catchers there that are spreading all these fantasy points out. And I don't know if you noticed, but in the last couple of games, the Steelers, Big Ben has been throwing shorter and shorter, and he's letting the guys do the work rather than like throwing it downfield as often as he used to. You know, for example, Juju had seven catches. How many yards do you think he had? What do you think you'd have on seven catches if you're Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, I mean, I, I know how well he did last week, but a, a typical Juju have seven catches and he have 100 yards, 120 yards. Yeah, typical. So Juju had seven catches, 28 yards. Oh, I was – damn, I was thinking like 50, 28, damn. 28 yards. However, this style of throwing does give more volume to guys like Eric Ebron the tight end, who also had seven catches. Uh, he had a pretty studly game, and he's turned himself into a must-start tight end, especially if this is the way that Big Ben is going to prefer to throw the ball. I don't know if that's just because of who they were playing with uh, Washington. They don't, you know, the safeties are a bit too good, or if that's just what he's doing from now on. The other yeah, wide receiver. I think I have here is Ben. Uh, Big Ben is averaging less than seven yards per pass attempt, which is very yeah, low. Yeah. He's not throwing the ball downfield whatsoever. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. I mean, other than that, you got these wide receivers that are a bit of a dice roll at this point. Um, you know, you probably still have to start all of them, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but you know, two of them are going to go off and one of them's not. You just have to expect that and accept that. Yeah, totally. Dude, so the running back situation, bro. Did you see how shitty Benny Snells was last week? We were talking about him, like, throughout the game. He literally oh, – there was a drive. They were on, like, the one-yard line, maybe even closer. Five five goal line attempts, and he missed everyone. Hit five attempts pretty much in a row, and he didn't convert any of them. He's an absolute bricklayer, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, I don't care if James Conner is still out this week. I'm benching Benny Snells. That pissed me off so much. So if, if that's how he plays football, then I don't I can't rely on him anywhere. And so I well, the, fact that, the fact that you flipped a candy bar and decided to put him on your bench and that gained you over 15 fantasy points, 12 fantasy points or whatever, is still eating. I have still nightmares about it. You fucking flipped <laughs> a candy bar to decide that. 
Well, you know, I got to a point where I decided most things in life are smarter than me. And I think the candy bar was one of those things. So I left the big decisions to <laughs> anything else <laughs> but me. Wow. And it paid off. Paid off in a big way. Uh, so other side of the football, um, well, I guess just looking at the Steelers' defense. I mean, last week Alex Smith threw for just shy of 300 yards against the Steelers. So that opens the door in my mind for Josh Allen to potentially find success against the tough Steelers D. Uh, Allen's coming off a great game. He just had 375 yards and four touchdowns. So it's pretty studly. All four of those touchdowns went to different receivers, though. So this mm. is interesting. This you don't is like great. that. Well, you love it if, I mean, for Josh Allen fantasy owners, you like it because it diversifies his risk a bit. Defenses mm. struggle for everyone. It's kind of like you're watching Mahomes. You know, you just never know he's going to get a touchdown. All four could go to Kelsey or Hill or, you know, Sammy Watkins could get a touchdown. The market, you know, he spreads it around. He just, it's unpredictable. But this style of game is bad for the Bills wide receiver owners. Particularly last week, it was highlighted with Stefan Diggs. So he was the unfortunate Remind one who somehow didn't have a touchdown, although four of them were slung. So it still sucks. You're definitely still sorting Stefan Diggs. Um, you're looking at Cole Beasley as well as another player. In fact, we talked about him last week and we nailed him. We were, we were talking about how we think he's going to have a big game. Um, I think he's going to continue being a pivotal piece to this offense with John Brown still injured. Yeah. I mean, even the game, I think, so last week he had a huge game. The week before that, he didn't have a huge game, but they got him in the passing offense. Remember, he actually threw a touchdown. You remember that? That was Cole Beasley. about Cole Beasley? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Cole Beasley threw a touchdown. Yeah, he was um, a quarterback in high school, I think. Was he really? So, I mean – I like the fact that the coaching staff, they clearly like Cole Beasley and they want to get him more involved. Um, so I think he's going to, he's going to be a good play. It's hard to rely on because he's, you know, his floor isn't as high as he'd like for the playoffs, but still a good play. Uh, for the running backs, Devin Singletary was the primary running back last week. Uh, however, unfortunately, he wasn't all that productive. So I'd say he's like a medium floor tight end, you know, sorry, touchdown dependent flex play. Uh, that's all I got for that game. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm good with that, man. Okay, sweet. Looking at the last game, is we have one more game? Yeah. We got one more game. We got Ravens and Browns. And before you get this kicked off with all the stats, Jared, I just want to say that this game right now is predicted to be windy. And what does that mean for points and fantasy value? Well, it usually means that everything goes down. Down. Wind is the one thing that affects all um, point scoring. So people think, oh, it's raining. You're not going to have as many catches. Oh, it's snowing. You're not going to have as many catches. Nope, it's the wind that affects the ball in the air, the kicks. Everything stays on the ground. Go ahead, Jim. Which is great news if you have the running backs. Bad news because we don't know how that situation is going to play out. They've got a mixed backfield. Um, they got lucky because last week it didn't matter who touched the ball because they played the Cowboys. So everyone kicked their ass. Um, I still feel like J.K. Dobbins is the one you want to own. They gave him more touches last week. In fact, I might even pull that up. I'll pull it up later uh, to compare J.K. and Gus. But I'm, And, in fact, as well as Gus the Bus did last week, I'm still convinced that he's not a good running back. I've seen enough of him over two seasons now 
that he has these games, man, where he's like 10 rushing attempts for like 18 yards. And you're just like, why is this guy in the league? Yeah, well, I mean, I can see why he's in the league. That's a bit of a stretch, but I, I know where you're coming from with the, the kind of the run style that he has. He's, he's always following uh, blockers. He's never, he's not really elusive. Yeah. And he ends up against Dallas. He obviously just followed his blockers and um, those blockers completely demolished the defensive uh, front for Dallas. So that's a yeah. bad example, like you said, looking at the Dallas game. Yeah. Him. So I don't know exactly what's going to play out. I don't know. To be honest with you, it's really nice. I don't trust these running backs. The Browns have a good running defense. And uh, I I don't trust any of these running backs, to be honest with you. If I can, I'm going to bench them all and uh, and, and then wait another week and see how it plays out. And wait, because I think J.K. Dobbins will emerge as the primary running back, but I think he needs at least one more game to separate himself. Uh, Plus, so, you know the primary running back there is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. I was about to get to that, too. Like, get this. Typical Lamar fashion. Last week, he had more rushing attempts than he did completed passes. Okay. Dude, seriously, it's like it's like we're watching peewee football, you know, where the, where the quarterback is basically the running back and nobody is strong enough to complete a forward pass yet. Right. So all they do is run, maybe a little screen pass at the most. You know, it's peewee football, man. I'm tired of it. Lamar, learn how to throw the ball. Some besides your freaking tight ends. Or if you're a defense, learn how to defend against that. Hopefully the Browns defense can finally figure out how to defend against the freaking Ravens. Make him throw the football. Yeah. And I think teams have figured that out. He hasn't looked nearly as good this year. That's true. So – you know, he's not obviously an MVP caliber kind of player this year at all. So he has been taken down a few rocks. Uh, looking at the Browns D on the side of the ball, they got absolutely blitzed by Tannehill last week. So Tannehill in like the second half. It was a big second half game. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it was, it was definitely game two halves. Uh, once uh, Tannehill was down, he starts throwing the ball and he kicked the Browns' asses. However, one of the key takeaways from that game was that the Browns' defense for the run was extremely capable, and it was enough to stop Derrick Henry, which is pretty scary looking at this game. So if that's any indication, I mean, you really don't want to play into these running backs. Because the Browns have shown that they are good against the run. Exactly. I mean, if you have to, maybe put in J.K. Dobbins and, you know, he might get you seven points if you're lucky. Uh, Pass catchers, Mark Andrews, the tight end, is back from COVID protocol. And so that means Lamar might actually go back to completing more passes. So, Oh, yeah, he loves throwing to that tight end. Loves that guy. That's the only guy he throws to. Yeah. So frustrating. On the other side of the ball, uh, Mayfield is really making us eat our words. Uh, We've gone like three weeks in a row here, how shitty Baker Mayfield is and how much we hate him. And uh, he shoved that right in our face. So he had 334 yards and four touchdowns. And all of those were in the first half. He looked as good as he has ever looked at his entire career last week. So let's not get over our, our heads here, okay? Don't get cute. Yeah, don't get cute. Don't start him. You're definitely not starting him. I think 
the reason he was so good, I still don't buy his production. I think the reason he was so good is that the coaching staff of the Browns have spent literally the first like three quarters of this season priming all of their future opponents to think that the Browns only run the ball. If you go back and look through these games, you know, he's Mayfield's only attempting like 15 passes, you know, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And then Nick Chubb just runs the ball. So sure enough, as soon as they start doing a few play action passes, these wide receivers are wide open. Like two of his touchdowns, there wasn't anyone within 10 yards of the, of the uh, wide receivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. I'm, I don't feel confident starting anyone other than Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb in this game. The entire game or just on the Brown side of the ball? Sorry, just on the Brown side. I mean, you probably have to stick with Kareem Hunt as well, but he has not been very productive recently. Honestly, he's, you know, he'd be in like the 25th or 30th rank, you know, running back this this uh, week, I reckon. Yeah. So, anyway, so to a little bit of recap, looking at our bold predictions, um, I've got Giovanni Bernard putting up over 14 points in standard league. And Dylan is predicting Kirky to go 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. Whoever gets those wrong is taking a shot. And uh, we're also saying Chris Carson, whoever's closer, or whoever's furthest away from his fantasy points, also takes a shot. So we got Dylan projecting 11.8 points, and I'm projecting 15. So lock it in because Dylan's going to be taking shooters next week. No shot. This week, we're sponsored by Verizon Wireless. So always moving you forward, and 15% more can save you uh, on your Verizon Wireless bill. Geico? (laughs) Yeah, look, I don't remember. We're sponsored by a lot of people. It's hard to keep up. We're also (laughs) sponsored by the sun. The sun. It always brightens up your day, okay? Go to thesun.org, and you can get 20% off your order of vitamin D. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to be getting a lot of sun. I'm going to spend all my winnings in fantasy on getting out in the sun and checking out some vineyards. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take you up on that coupon for 20% off vitamin D. Again, that's, and, that's website, thesun.com. Is it .com or .org? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this wraps it up. This is your week 14 for uh, – Shit, is it fantasy football? Fantasy or- football fornicators. <laughs> or play all the above. All right, Later. you've been uh, been a great audience. <laughs>